Hello, and welcome back to the Dinner Table Podcast, where we bring the conversations to the dinner table that your family wouldn't. Today we'll be discussing the ethics behind non-monogamy slash polygamy, where it started, how it's utilized today, and how we feel about it ourselves. We also have a special guest from Grand Rapids Community College, Dylan Carr, who's a professor in anthropology. Let's get into it. Thanks for joining us at the dinner table. Before we begin, we would like to disclaim that these views do not reflect the state news and our opinions are subject to change at later date. Thank you for joining. So we are now joined at the dinner table with Professor of Anthropology, Dylan Carr from Grand Rapids Community College. Dylan, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Good, good. So we just have a couple questions about polygamy, monogamy, all that good stuff. Absolutely. Just real quick, what are the different types of polygamy or like non-monogamy? Because I know there's different like terms for different things. Yeah, so uh, polygamy is just a general term. So um, poly being multiple, gammy being the Greek word for, for unions. So anytime you have multiple unions involved in, in relationships, you have a polygamous um, situation. Um, most people think of polygamy as they think of, of some of the more uh, sort of, of um, uh, fundamentalist uh, branches of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you have essentially a single husband taking multiple wives. Technically, that's polygyny, mm-hmm. um, gyne being the Greek word for, for female, so multiple women involved. Uh, polyandry is a little bit rare. Some West African societies, Nepalese societies, we have a single wife taking multiple husbands. Um, these might be different individuals. A lot of times these are sororal or fraternal, where um, it's sets of, you know, of close kin that are, are, are sort of engaging in marriage. Uh, so they take a little bit more. Um, there's a couple... Um, cases where you'd have a situation like group marriage. Um, I think of cases where um, you might have um, sort of trading partners and then uh, there's essentially um, sets of monogamous relationships also form relationships together. Uh, in there. So I mean, marriage cross-culturally is one of those phenomena that is as variable as, as any other part of cultural traditions uh, in there. And the actual form and manifestation of it is super dependent upon uh, the specific um, sort of ways in which marriage is integrated relationships for that general are integrated in societal needs um, and then very um, on top of that with the, the cultural meanings that a society attaches to them as well uh, and there so it's really hard I think to uh, to draw a lot of parallels from the traditional types of practices and then think them forward to, to modern types of relationships because they're completely different sets of both meaning mm-hmm. and completely different sets of, of um, underlying societal um, purposes for, for those relationships how do we see polygamy and like non-monogamous relationships in other cultures? Uh, so cross-culturally, um, it's a relatively, I would say, common. I think one thing I sort of make a distinction of is, is um, preference between practice. Um, so uh, when you kind of look at, at cross-culturally, uh, the literature is that um, forms of, of polygamous uh, relationships um, polygyny in particular, which would be um, a husband having multiple wives, um, is oftentimes referred to as the more preferred marriage practice across like a compendium of human cultures, um, whereas monogamy still is the most typical. So um, basically what happens is that uh, individuals say they want to have multiple wives in a polygynous context, but uh, in practice, really only very few people are able to kind of um, attract and support uh, households that involve multiple wives. Uh, so you see a little bit of distinction, but it's relatively common outside of uh, really uh, modern Western societies. Um, if you look at numerically different human cultures, is that uh, some form of polygamy in general um, is, is prevalent, or not prevalent, but present uh, in societies, and um, more frequently it's polygyny as opposed to polyandry uh, being probably the more common variant. 
And how has the view and prevalence of monogamy and polygamy changed since early humankind? One of the ways is that um, I kind of think is, is when we look at marriage practices cross-culturally is that the practices themselves have certain sort of like, I guess, numerical relationships. So monogamy being single union, polygamy being multiple unions uh, in there. But um, cross-culturally, what we see is that the cultural norms surrounding marriage kind of um, sort of inform and create meaning and um, sort of the manifestation of these practices. That's essentially that's what culture does for us. It, it creates that system that creates meaning in our experiences. Uh, so, for example, when we look um, for uh, marriage um, in uh, sort of traditional cultures, oftentimes marriage isn't really done for this notion of romantic love. Um, it's done to satisfy a variety of other types of regulatory purposes in society, legitimize uh, forms of reproduction, uh, sexual access. Um, it creates um, sort of, of a structure for economic relationships, political relationships uh, in there. So, uh, one thing that can make clear is that this notion of romantic uh, love and romantic relationships is actually a fairly recent Western construct, um, and that cross-culturally, um, it, it doesn't sort of that those norms and, and meanings that get assigned to marriage doesn't hold true, even if marriage itself is cross-culturally universal. That all human societies have different mechanisms of creating new social relationships, but the meanings attached to them differ. So, uh, as I, I like to joke in my classes, that the great social theorist Tina Turner once says, "What does love have to do with it?" Um, and in most cases, it doesn't have anything to do with it. So in those cases, what we find then is that uh, societies that are uh, exclusively monogamous or they have um, permission for polygamous relationships is that those other types of, of uh, meanings um, persist regardless of the marriage form. And the same is true if you kind of look at sort of contemporary uh, practices as well. And so um, within um, sort of modern Western society, particularly here in the United States, we have these notions of romantic love. We got married because we fell in love. But those same values and meanings get attached to it regardless of the actual manifestation of the marriage form. Um, if you look for um, sort of movement towards uh, same-sex marriage, the re- rationale why same-sex couples want to get married, which is for romantic love, is the exact same rationale why um, uh, heterosexual marriage couples want to get married. Um, and so what ends up happening is that the marriage practice might have a little bit of difference, but the meanings that get assigned to them are a lot different. So if you think about uh, contemporary polyamorous um, sort of, of relationships here is that that notion of romantic love supersedes those, but that that notion is not present in traditional cultures where you see polygamous marriage practices as being permissible. Does that kind of make sense in terms of the distinction? Yeah, yeah. it does. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. What are some pros being non-monogamous and being polyamorous? Would you say? Um, and so, um, growing household size. So, uh, here our work um, and our economic realities are done um, outside the house. Um, and they're done at essentially in a, a corporate type of, of situation or business type of, of context in here. Whereas in most traditional societies, what happens is that economic production is done at the household level. Um, so your household um, is managing uh, herds of, of sheep, goat, or cattle, or your household is managing horticultural fields uh, here, where, again, economic output in those societies is done at the household level. Very, very different than how it is in our society, where economic production is done outside the house. So you get this really distinct difference between domestic and, and public spheres where um, that division is really not present in the traditional cultures. So if we think about sort of the way in which polygamous relationships serve in those contexts, that's really the uh, polygyny uh, really becomes an effective way to grow household sizes very, very quickly. Um, and so uh, by having multiple wives, you can have more children, you can have a larger, more complex household unit, uh, which essentially 
essentially is, is more or less having a larger, more complex um, sort of, of economic output um, as well. Uh, and again, in terms of a, a modern uh, polyamorous context, uh, sort of those economic factors aren't present there. So you can uh, think sort of the meanings that kind of get attached to it. And so um, never have been, been involved in one. I, I'm, I'm just I'm sort of throwing some very, very um, sort of big hypotheses out there. But um, if you think about the value that we get within our own interpersonal relationships, um, is that there's a lot of social and emotional support that comes with it. Uh, but individuals have different sort of of, uh, sort of, of um, experiences, backgrounds, um, sort of, of conversational tactics for that. And so if you're in a polyamorous context, then what you're having is a larger support network that provides you with um, probably different uh, forms of emotional support within the same sort of general relationship. Whereas in a monogamous context, that um, uh, individual partners need to have a, obviously a, a much more attuned connection to each other. So um, the support network that benefits from those types of things might be bigger or less. That would um, essentially be uh, what I could argue would be a benefit for us that in that context. And what are some cons of mo- what are some cons of non-monogamous relationships in society and culture and all that? This complexity. Uh, so any relationships, the more more people involved and the more complex they are, the more um, I think strain those connections can be. I always kind of joke when you read a lot of the ethnographic literature on it. So individuals that might have like um, like three or four wives, and they got like 35 kids, and they're like, "This is tedious work, sort of managing these really complex households." You got to work on uh, relationships between children, uh, relationships uh, between um, uh, wives themselves, and so it really becomes a, a huge kind of interpersonal management type of thing. Okay, very interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but how does raising a family in a non-monogamous environment work? Uh, again, I mean, there's no universals uh, with this. Um, and so um, my guess is that um, in a traditional context, you're looking at traditional gender roles um, in terms of, of um, who's doing primarily domestic work are in place, um, and they're going to take place regardless of, of the number of people involved in that relationship. Um, so again, if you're in a, a a traditional polygynous society, um, chances are that those um, um, gender divisions of, of labor are um, are on that more uh, sort of idea of um, a lot of female control of domestic um, fear control and taking care of kids uh, and that. And so those are definitely present in there. So you just simply have multiple uh, wives that are, are managing essentially somewhat autonomous domestic units uh, in that context. So again, what we're finding is the relationship might have a sort of a different set of numbers and arrangements, but the actual um, sort of performance of culture there um, is as exactly the same as in monogamous uh, relationships. And so again, you can kind of think of the, the same type of uh, thing in a, a modern uh, context when we're looking at polyamorous relationships where the same variability is present. So um, uh, in a sort of a modern U.S. context, we've seen um, a much more um, sort of a lowering of divisional labor by gender, um, although it's never going to be 50-50, so generally um, women in, in the United States still perform the majority of domestic chores, um, although that's a lot less percentage than we might see a couple generations ago. And so what you find then is, is that each relationship um, sort of starts negotiating uh, what types of activities and, and um, sort of roles people are, are putting forth uh, in, the, in the household. Um, and so basically there's a lot of flexibility with that in a, in a contemporary context. And again, you see probably the exact same flexibility in a polyamorous um, sort of sets of relationships where individuals um, are sort of going to adopt different types of roles in here. Now, arguably, um, another advantage then is you're 
dividing up that labor by more people in here, even if the, the amount of labor total is probably increasing the, the household size. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. It's nice meeting you. All right, Griffin. Great. Right, thanks, Sandra. Bye. How are you feeling on this very fine February day? I just went through a breakup. What? I am no longer monogamous. Woo! That's just because I'm single. How do, well, how does that make you feel, though, getting out of a monogamous relationship? It feels good to be free for a minute. Free for a minute, yeah. Just yeah. breathe in. We're talking about monogamy, polygamy yeah, today. Yeah, we're talking about polygamy. We're talking about the being with more than one person yeah i see romantic... that you've done some research you want to i have done some research how so. do you guys know that he wrote all of the titles in lower caps lowercase yeah and then i just um threw he's some quirky threw some links together i'll start off with just the legal aspects of like how polygamy is seen in a legal aspect so according to hg.org, a legal resources site, every state has a law outlawing polygamy. So polygamy is illegal. Oh, wow. That's and, everywhere. And the federal government has several laws that criminalize the act of being married to more than one person. I feel like that pushes the heteronormative agenda. Well, many of these laws arose in the 19th century in response to Mormonism, which mm -hmm. was viewed as a moral threat. Because okay, yeah. Mormonism, one of the, yeah. a lot of Mormons have multiple wives, marriages, yeah. wives, yeah. Big families. Okay, yeah. And they're based on, these laws are based on purely moral grounds. They're increasingly subject to challenge in the courts using similar arguments as those that have been used to decriminalize homosexual acts and legalize same-sex marriages. Now we're going to talk about religion plus polygamy, asterisk, more facts. <laughs> Which is how I titled. <laughs> I thought it was a plus sign all this time. No. All right. So this is in an article called Faith and Polygamy, which religions permit plural marriage. So we're going to talk about coming off of the Mormonism discussion of why laws are, why anti-polygamy laws are in effect. Now we're going to see which religions permit polygamy, plural marriage, etc. Okay. Polygamy is legal in 58 out of 200 countries around the world so it's illegal in like 75 percent of the world plural marriage was permitted by the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints which is mormonism even though now the latter-day saints church strictly prohibits polygamy according to the associate area director in the pacific area public affairs office of the jesus <laughs> of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints elder robert j dudfield there are polygamous groups and individuals in and around Utah, like the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which fundamentalist is a key word there. And I also, I found something really interesting about Utah in the news regarding polygamy and non-monogamy, if I might be able to share. Yeah, please share. So Utah has a lot of Mormons, stereotypically Mormons in Utah and Colorado, like that area. The Guardian published this just this Tuesday, just this week. So this is breaking two days later. Oh, my gosh. But the Utah Senate unanimously moved to decriminalize polygamy. Uh, okay, Utah. Yes. 
because it is a predominantly Mormon state. And like we said, polygamy and Mormonism. Intertwine. Intertwine. Yes, there are some. Overlaps. Yes, overlaps. That's what I was looking for. The bill cleared the Republican-controlled Senate on a vote of 29 to 0 with little discussion, according to this article. And under current law, polygamy is classified as a third-degree felony punishable by up to five years in prison. Wow, five whole years. Just for loving a couple people. Just for loving a couple people. (laughs) Yes. Rape charges are smaller than that. Yeah. Unpacking the legal and religious ties to polygamy and non-monogamy, where do you stand? Do you think polygamy should be legal? Illegal? Legal for religious reasons? I Just let me know. I think it should be legal. Really? Yeah, love is love. Love is love. Mm-hmm. So do you have any other reasons why you believe polygamy should be legal? I feel like... I could be a polygamist. I think, you know, I think that people need more than one person in their life sometimes. Like different, like are you saying that like different people give different things? Yes, exactly, yeah. Okay. Or you could find one person who has all of the traits. Are you against that mentality of one person has everything I need? I feel like there's nobody out there that has everything you Mm -hmm. need. Yes, at least two. Maybe more, maybe few. Yeah, maybe a few. Whatever the world wants. I also think like children would be better like having more parents. Well, that leads me to one of the articles that I found, which it's an academic journal that exclusively focuses on the effects of polygamy on children and adolescents. This was published in the Journal of Family Studies, conducted by Mohammed Al Sharfi. Karen Pfeiffer, and Kirstie A. Miller. So most of the research included in this academic journal supports the view that polygyny has detrimental effects on children and adolescents. When compared to children from monogamous families, children or adolescents from polygynous families had a variety of problems such as mental health disorders, scholastic difficulties, and social problems. However, there were several similarities found, including self-esteem, anxiety, depression, hostility, teacher reports of problem behaviors, learning disorders. None of the studies included in this review reported benefits of polygamy for children, and only one study found more negative outcomes for children from monogamous families. This is all according to the article. Wow. Sad. I don't know. I feel like, um, I mean, I guess, sure. Several studies in the review reported that socioeconomic status in polygynous families tended to be lower than in monogamous families, as indicated by parental education, parental income, and parental employment. All right, so the report concludes, I'm just going to read it word for word. In conclusion, the research included in this review found that polygyny has a wide range has a wide range of detrimental effects on children. However, similarities between children in polygon, polygynous and monogamous families should not be overlooked. In particular, further investigation of the role of mediating variables, both positive and negative, is needed. So this review concludes that polygamy is actually detrimental to children. Okay, I guess I'm wrong. Does this change your opinion? Uh, No, (laughs) it actually doesn't, but I'm glad to know the information. (laughs) Yes, so now what, so now learning that this is like this, what are just our general thoughts on 
polygamy, open relationships. Well, we'll get into okay. open relationships later, but let's first just talk about monogamy, polygamy, one person, more than one person. Just in society, just opinions. Let's talk. Okay, so personally, I am very open to polygamy. I want to try it someday. I know I'm going to probably get jealous. I'm a jealous person. I'm a Leo. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm a Leo. Like, I want to see people. I want to meet people. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, hard to figure that out, I think. And I really want to try it out. I think it's good. I think children, like, do better when there's more people. In my opinion, I guess research doesn't think that. Um, yeah, I guess just, like, academic research just, like, disagrees with me I on this one. I guess my neurons in my <laughs> head don't work the same as research um no i feel like i heard that it was like good for kids okay like Um, i understand why you would think that because if there's more than one person to look up to like mm -hmm. there's a better chance that a child will bond with one of the elders in the family there's also a chance that they will not i'm I'm, like thinking more of like a group race like like yeah you've got a couple people and a couple like a lot of kids and then you're all kind of raising the kids together have you ever seen sister wives no i haven't either Okay. I, w- I was just hoping you had. No, I'm just saying, like, I feel like that is a healthy community. I would... And it's, like, less responsibility for two people to raise, like, four people. If there's, like, four people raising four well, people. Well, mostly only... Well, it's mostly Mormons, and Mormons have a lot of children. So it's not... But I think it's not working because if it's mostly Mormons and it's one man and, like, eight women. You know what I'm saying? Like, there should be, like, an equal amount. More... S- it shouldn't be, like, just a dominant of one gender. Okay. Yeah. So you're viewing polygamy as outside of the state, outside of the stance of... I'm saying, like... Like, reproduction. You're saying more of an open relationship, yeah, just open relationship. whoever like you want are, to like, love. Yeah. So you're not even thinking marriage. You're thinking more just the relationship. Yes. Yeah. I'm not a Mormon. Mm-hmm. Let that be known. Yes. Not a Mormon. Tessa Osborne? Not a Mormon. She's a Leo. I'm a Leo, but I am not a Mormon. And I stand by that. Yes. So I guess I could never do, I don't think I could do, I don't know, I never tried. I don't think I could do open relationship, polygamous relationship, because I would be jealous. Yeah. Would you want to be a third, though? Would you want to come in as the third, as kind of like the little, yeah. like, recitate, like resu- resuscitation? Yeah, like the little gem. Yes. Yeah. I think the little gem would be fun. Mm-hmm. It would be fun. I w- that would be fun for, like, a short period of time for me. Yeah. yeah, but then I would get jealous for sure. For sure. Be a little mad about it. I wish that jealousy like that didn't exist. It definitely exists only because of like... Society. Re- no, it's like reproduction. It's not even society. It's like you don't want like them to be able to re- reproduce with other people. I think it's oh. like biological, like so deeply rooted in you. Yeah, so let's kind of move the discussion. I kind of want to talk about... So there are, of course, different levels of relationships. There's the monogamous relationship. There's an open relationship. There's a polygamous relationship. Yeah. Let's unpack. I want to, we haven't discussed open relationships where you're monogamous in the emotional aspect, but you can have sex with anyone. Anyone. Let's discuss. What are our opinions, thoughts, concerns? I think that one could be convoluted because I think, like, to expect people not to have emotions with other people is, like, a hard expectation. 
because you know mm-hmm. yeah because emotions are kind of like they're just there always there yeah yeah so i feel like it's messy waters it is messy water and of course i don't mean to define all open relationships the same way you might have different standards but the way i consider open relationships we were going to divide it yes is today. yeah emotional connection monogamy but polygamous and sexual activities yeah yeah so uh, do you have any experience in wanting an open relationship how that went over with a partner yes i have i felt it deeply rooted i find attraction with other people and then i feel like but i don't want to like lose you know what i've already built Mm-hmm. So do you just feel the attraction, or do you feel the drive to it's be like with the drive. them? Yeah, okay. it's like a okay. drive to be with them. But it's also like the other drive to be with the other person mm-hmm. that you're already with. So then it's like a hard balance. Hard balance, yeah. Yeah, so you want to do both, have both, best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And usually the person that you're with monogamously isn't really happy to yeah. hear that. Yeah, yeah. Under- like, yeah. Understandable. If someone wanted to I be monogamous. Feel okay with that yeah. But it's always good to just shout into the wind and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. If you don't put it out there, no one's going to receive it. Yeah. And you need to know the boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's kind of how it went for me. Um, that's just in the future, maybe. Yeah. Just, yeah. Your partner then wasn't ready. Maybe a partner down the line will be. Maybe. Perhaps. Fingers crossed for you if that's still what you want. Mm-hmm. All right. That's kind of all we have. Um, yeah. Thank you, guys. I would say, for me, polygamy is like beneficial to like raising kids and despite the research i find that it would be there's societies that do it they raise like group kids i think that's fun i think it's communal natural and i would like to try it myself and i think it's completely ethical and i think we should legalize love because love is love i do hate to be that person but if a man loved his dog love is love Love between humans is okay. <laughs> a five-year-old and a 62-year-old? Love is love, baby. <laughs> I hate you. I'm, I'm just being antagonistical. Um, my opinion on polygamy, I probably couldn't do it. I'm fi- like, I'm not going to judge anyone for being in an open relationship or a polygamous relationship. But I hope that if it's like a marriage type thing and there's children involved, I hope that everyone is being treated equally in the relationship and that <coughs> my bad and that all of the adults are caring for all the children and not just the children that they birthed or had part in birthing exactly so as long as there's no power struggle and everyone works together and unanimously i think it's great me too but if there is something then it needs to be addressed but i do think th- the legalization of it is kind of like it's just i feel like it's hateful it is kind of hateful i yeah. think it is hateful too because it's not going to bug anyone if you have yeah but also it helps the population and like loneliness and stuff yeah i mean it would help with population yep so thank you guys so much for tuning in if you have any thoughts on polygamy monogamy any fun anecdotal stories about your adventures within it I'm at Osborne Tessa. And I'm at Griffin Wiles. You can also email us if you really want to. Griffin.wiles at stateNews.com. Tessa.Wiles at 
podcast.osborne@statenews.com. And we are almost to the end of our Love and Sex Podcast Month. Next week, we will have one on queerness. We'll so love to talk about the culture of queerness, yes. the positives, the negatives, everything. Definitely tune in. See you next week. Bye. Bye.